0: So what are we looking at here, Doc?
1: The worst dressed stiff I've ever
2: seen. This stiff and I pounded a beat together for five years. So show some respect to
0: I'm sorry, Wes. You know, I see so much of the senseless ma'am that
1: sometimes I get a little insensitive. All right. This loser has taken the chicken shit way out and punched around ticket.
0: Suicide, huh? <laughs>
1: Junk food supper. Junk food supper. Junk food supper. Junk food supper.
2: Junk food supper. Junk food supper. Junk food supper. Junk food
1: supper.
0: Welcome to Junk Food Supper. This is the podcast. Where pretty much every week we get together to talk about crazy movies, uh, wild and wacky stuff. I am Parker, joined by Sean Byron in LA. How are you, Sean Byron?
3: I'm doing all right, although I got to be honest, right up top here, I'm a little bit confused that the movie we're watching this week features very few caves and even fewer people named Sark (laughs) Newsom.
0: There's no Gertrude the Duck in this movie.
3: She's a goose, I'll have you know. Oh, my my mistake, my mistake. But yeah, she was Uh, sadly missed.
0: Yeah, I think there's only one scene that happens in the center of the earth in this whole entire movie.
3: Well, that's better than some of the movies we've been watching recently. <laughs> yeah, so we're a little off-brand, off, off brand, I guess, this week. This is
0: not a Jules Verne podcast this week. No, not at all. So we don't blame you for tu- for turning this one off immediately, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> listeners.
3: If, if you came here just for a gentleman explorer-type adventure, I got bad news for you. That's not going to happen. It's going to be... Not very steampunky at all, you know?
0: Yeah. There's a lot more Emilio Estevez than normal.
3: Yeah. I mean, you say that like it's a bad thing. Oh, it's not a bad thing. He's just not the kind of guy you're going to find at the
0: center of the earth too often.
3: No, I mean, maybe above it fighting uh, underground worm guys, but he's not chasing them down to the depths of the earth. You know what I mean? Are you talking about... Tremors? I'm trying to talk about Tremors, yeah. That's Kevin Bacon. Well, but you know, you could see Estevez (laughs) in the Tremors, right? Am I (laughs) wrong about that? Considering I I just thought that it was him for a second?
0: That movie may be better with an Emilio Estevez. It should have had Estevez. I agree. I think pretty much
3: every movie from that time period should have had Estevez. A lot of them did. I, I was reflecting on that, you know, watching this movie this week. I'm, you know, I'm thinking back to Young Guns was a big part of my childhood. Estevez was kind of all over the place. Yeah, Mighty Ducks. Yeah, the ducks were big.
0: Yeah, it's weird. He's he's kind of just,
3: like, disappeared. Yeah, he's got to no be doing something, right? He's He's probably the lead on some cable drama that is, like, really well loved by critics that I've never heard of. That very well could be.
0: I feel like, yeah, he hasn't done much. I think, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he's up to. I should have researched that.
3: but He's probably working on that Tremors restoration. You know, he wants to get his most famous (laughs) role back out there in theaters. That's a good point. He could be doing that.
0: Uh, Speaking of theaters, though, did you go out to the theater this week to see a movie?
3: I went out to no theaters this week. And I've got no updates other than my confusion regarding... Your movie selection not featuring uh, underground King Kongs. <laughs> well, you know, I just thought
0: I'd try something different, you know? I respect think, it. Think a little
3: bit outside the box. It's This is a new direction in podcasting. <laughs> I think so, yeah. Hopefully no podcast you know,
0: has ever dared to do a non-Jules Verne movie before.
3: If we lose advertisers over this, I'm going to be a little bit upset, but it's probably worth it.
0: yeah. Just to, to be pioneers in the podcasting game.
3: Sometimes you get them take risks, you know? What about um, you? That that sounded like a leading question. That sounded like you were asking me if I went to the theater. Meanwhile, you're just waiting <laughs> over there, hiding <laughs> your time until you can reveal what kinds of cinematic delights you attended.
0: Well, I was actually curious if you had gone to the theater. There's a lot of good stuff in the theaters this week. There's... Um, I mean, obviously, that Scorsese movie is still in the theater that you should probably see in your life. Uh, the new Taika Waititi. I know you like that Taika. You like the boy, right? You like the hunt for the wilder people.
3: Yeah. I liked the, uh, his vampire thing, what we do yeah. in the shadows. And you really enjoyed Thor
0: Ragnarok, which you saw on opening day at the Man's Chinese Theater, if I recall. Yeah
3: loved it so much i was willing to shell out the most expensive ticket prices in the nation
0: <laughs>
3: see you're a big fan of his
0: uh so yeah there's i don't know there's stuff out there i was curious to, to see if you had gone to the movies but i did you you did catch me though i did see a movie this week
3: okay lay it on me is it taika related
0: no i did not see that
3: taika not yet i'm going to is it t- um, tonka related like toy trucks
0: no, I wish it was. Okay. Or, well
3: <laughs> I, I think that's all I need to know. Let's move on to the next segment now. We we don't actually need to review if it's not Tonka related, I'm I'm out.
0: Okay. Our first voicemail is from Mr. Brian. Here he, here he goes. Um, all right. I saw Thanksgiving, the Eli Ross movie. Oh. Yeah. And I, well, I liked it a great deal. Uh okay. I mean Eli Rothsman though. I like his first few movies, and then I feel like he kind of fell off for a, a very long time. Um, for the most part. I like knock knock, sort of. But um yeah, this was this was great. This was like the stuff that I kind of assumed that he would be doing. Like he made these hostile movies a while back, and like everybody was like, Oh my god, this guy is like a a fresh voice in in horror. And then he started hanging out with Quentin Tarantino and did like Yeah kids' movies for Spielberg and did... Yeah,
3: like Jack Black and House with a Clock in Its Walls and all this kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, he was doing that stuff. And like, he did Green Inferno, which was like very stupid. And Death Wish remake, which seems very atypical for him to do. Like, to do a Death Wish remake. Um, But this is a a fully... I mean, this is a straight-up slasher movie. The kind you don't really get anymore. Um, Very... Very traditional and old school in a lot of ways. I, I thought it was very fun.
3: I like the sounds of a traditional old school slasher and and you know, we grew up in kind of the heyday of holiday themed slashers, and
2: mm-hmm.
3: I you know, I always welcome a new addition to the canon, although I do kind of object to the fact that I I feel like all of the buzz around this movie is like finally there's a horror movie about this holiday, Thanksgiving. Like motherfuckers don't know about the Thanks Killing franchise.
0: Yeah, I'm sitting right below a
3: Thanks Three poster right now. I know you are. You got that bad boy <laughs> framed recently and, and hung up and displayed proudly, as you should, because yeah. you know, unlike you know the uh, the public at large, who is out there making false claims about Eli Roth's Thanksgiving movie. Yeah. I, I almost uh, just called it Thanksgiving, by the way.
0: <laughs> well, it's a pretty good name. I bet Eli Roth probably wanted to call it that, and then he found out it was taken, but because it's such a good name.
3: But. Yeah, and then he said, nice title, bitch.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, yeah, this is perhaps not the best Thanksgiving horror movie because that would go to Thanksgiving 3, but definitely top two, I would say. Definitely better than like Home Sweet Home and. That one about the chicken monster that smokes weed, which is surprisingly is not Thanksgiving. Um, I forget the name of it. We did it in the very early days. Blood yeah. something. Uh, Blood Freak. Is that it? Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah, Blood Freak. Yeah. And There's uh, also that one where John Halloween Candy keeps getting the wrong bus ticket or whatever. <laughs> Home Alone? No, the, uh, the planes, trains, and automobiles. Oh, yeah. Now you get it. The horrifying tale of cross country travel.
0: Yeah, there's a few of them. Oh, also, I think that this movie may appeal to you as well because it takes place in the greater Boston area and there's like so many good Boston accents. And I figured that that would appeal to your nostalgia in some way. Do you care? How do do you feel about Boston accents? How do you feel about those?
3: Uh, I mean, I think that they're kind of funny. I I don't have much of one. Certain (laughs) things will slip through time, you know, now and again. Uh, A lot of people in my family have very strong Boston accents. My dad, you know, sounds like the stereotypical Boston accent guy. Um, I don't know. I, I think accents in general are weird. I feel like it is, at some level, like you're choosing to speak that way, and why just, why not try to speak in a common way that everybody understands?
0: <laughs> I agree with that. Unless you're from Glen Burnie, like the heavy metal parking lot people, then speak in your accent. Oh, it's yeah. beautiful. It's beautiful to hear.
3: Yeah. To be honest, a, like a Baltimore accent or a Philly accent, like those might be the silliest accents out there. You know, I I know Boston attracts a lot of attention, New York, everybody's got their impression of a guy from the Bronx or whatever, Mm -hmm. but those, you know, those Philly, Baltimore accents, that that is a a weird sounding dialect going on down there.
0: I agree. Yeah. Those are probably the silliest outside of like a very like super Cajun dude. Like those are pretty silly. Um, (laughs) Oh Yeah. But outside of that, like I mean, that you kind of expect though, cause like if a guy's like living in a swamp, you expect him to have a funny accent. But if a dudes just like living in inner city Philadelphia, you don't expect him to talk like a cartoon character necessarily. So I like yeah,
3: that. That the a you got give them a <clears throat> you got to give them a pass because it's a combination of swamp living. And I mean you've got like the the ghost of the French hanging over your entire region so of course you're going to sound bizarre when you try to mm-hmm. talk.
0: That's true. Same with uh French Canadians. Although it's it's a, I mean I guess their their accent is just French. It's not very silly I don't think. Yeah, I mean I, I more wonder, so, I'm, you know.
3: I wonder if if there is a distinction there where like French people find that to, they probably find that to be hilarious, right? When they hear a French Canadian talking.
0: Maybe so. Yeah. If we have any French listeners, let us know. Do you think French Canadians sound silly or vice versa? If there's any French Canadians out there, do you think the normal French sounds silly? We need to know. I would deeply like to know. And uh, just in general, what are you? what accents do you guys think are the silliest? Let us know. Call us up.
3: you think they really shot this uh, Thanksgiving movie up there in in Massachusetts, or am I going to be looking at, like, Northern California with some some fake Boston landmarks in the background?
0: Uh, That's a good question. I've never been to Boston, so I'm not totally sure, but it looked cold. So I would wager to guess that maybe it is actually shot up there. You convinced me.
3: (laughs) If it's cold.
0: Mm -hmm. It definitely looked cold.
3: Well, speaking of cold weather, I thought it might be fun to look at what our choices might be between now and the end of the year for escaping the cold weather, getting inside of a nice, toasty, warm uh, movie theater auditorium. Uh, Bowman, what I'm saying is, we should look at what's coming out in movie theaters between now and the end of the year.
2: In oh, our I'd first
3: love segment.
0: Yeah, this is a great idea because. I only have one theater in my town, so I don't get to look at like the the marquees or like the uh, the posters or anything like that. I very rarely know what's coming out to theaters nowadays. So this is a wonderful idea.
3: Yeah, and I figure it will do you a service. It could do our listeners a service, and more than anything, it, it seems like a nice, easy way to get a segment out of the way up up top here without having to <laughs> stack rank every movie we've ever reviewed or some insane uh quest like we were on last week
0: <laughs> well that quest paid off
3: you know it did we yeah. have
0: an official rankings if somebody comes up to you on the street and says hey can you rank the first 20 movies of your podcast you could just pull out your phone and do it right then and there you wouldn't even have yeah. to think about it
3: yeah i've got the proof mm-hmm. i can do it and i can prove that i can do it and you yeah. can't tell me that i can't exactly Well, another thing that I can do is look at this calendar for, uh, you know, the remaining theatrical releases of the year. I guess, you know, we might as well look at November while we're still in November. So uh, maybe we'll start this off with the weekend of, well, I guess the week of November 22nd. So is this how movies are released now? It seems like movie releases have pushed to like Wednesday now. Is that like... Typical. It used to be Friday, and then it was like Thursday night at midnight, and now I think it's just like Wednesday at five PM or something. <laughs> well, I think this week is
0: atypical because of Thanksgiving, but I, but yeah, I think movies generally open the thir- that Thursday in the afternoon, and yeah, it used to be like Thursday at midnight. Then it was like Thursday at eight PM. Now the new movies start Thursday at like three here, so. But I think because of the holiday, they're adding an extra day to it. So, yeah, everything's opening Wednesday.
3: Okay. Well, I think that, I guess that makes sense. You know, people want to see these movies over their holiday break. I got to be honest, you know, there are six major, quote unquote, major re- releases listed here. I think only one of these appeals to me. Uh, but we got Saltburn, The Holdovers, Wish, which is a. Pixar movie I think or is it Disney um, some documentary in French that I'm not even going to mention uh, some Japanese movie called Monster that looks like a thr- like kind of thriller thing and then Napoleon mm-hmm. is the one that is of interest to me yeah
0: I, I'm interested in a few of these but I think Napoleon's the one that I'll see first
3: because you're such a big Ridley Scotsman
0: well, I do hate Ridley Scott, but I don't know. This looks really good, and this is also like one of the last times we'll ever get to see like a big budget historical movie. Like these things are gonna go away in the next five years or something and never return to theaters ever again. And I mean, this is barely in theaters. I mean, this is like an Apple Plus thing that they're just putting in theaters to to get uh, Oscar nominations. So we're only getting this through a loophole. It seems like. Um, so, so yeah. So I yeah, I guess and I like Joaquin Phoenix, so I mean I feel like I gotta see this.
3: Yeah, well, and I mean Ridley Scott, love him or hate him, he is a guy that's been making these kinds of movies now, like since the nineteen seventies, right? Like the duelist is kind of in this vein, and he's a guy I think you you can trust to, you know, uh find his way around a historical period piece and sure the costumes are going to be great and hopefully there's some cool wartime battle scenes and stuff like that um i'm going to try and get out to this i don't know that it's going to happen this week i I hope it runs for a little bit so i get a chance to see this like over my christmas break maybe but i i also feel like this might be the kind of movie that just kind of comes and goes real quick because trying to get audiences out to a movie about a a French general that's, you know, it's three hours long. Like I know Napoleon has name recognition, but I don't know if that's really like mass market fair.
0: Yeah. I, yeah, I think it's hard for even like the biggest of blockbusters to stay in theaters for four or five weeks. So you may need to see this sooner rather than later.
3: Yeah. I might need to make this a priority because I I liked um, Ridley Scott's last, uh, kind of epic movie um that he did with matt damon and adam driver the name that i'm blanking on right now but was also set in yeah. france and was pretty good
0: yeah i think i haven't seen that one i think the most recent movie of his i've seen is the martian which i kind of liked um but more often than not i dislike his movies but i'm a, you know i'll give him a shit a shot like he's give him a shit I'll give him a shit as well. Um, uh, Freudian sleep slip because most of his movies are, are pretty shitty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, I'll see this; it'll be fun. Um, I'm also interested in uh, the holdovers because I like that. I think it's Alexander Payne, the guy who did Sideways and Downsizing. I like his movies uh, generally. They're like kind of like silly middle-aged man movies, you know, like that are like pretty slight, but I don't know. I like them.
3: They're, they're kind of Paul Giamatti esque movies.
0: Definitely. If there was ever a director making movies specifically for Paul Giamatti, it would be this guy. Yeah. Um, and then Saltburn looks good too. It looks like a Breddy's Danellis thing. Like it's like all these like pretty rich people doing terrible things. I'm not too sure what it's about. I saw the trailer and it, it looked intriguing. Uh, it looked like some crimes were involved, so I'll probably see that at some point.
3: Yeah, it's got that weird Barry Keoghan kid in it, who I I like. So
0: I like him too. Yeah,
3: yeah, I'm, I'm interested in this. Uh, November twenty fourth, there is a animated release called Deep Sea that looks like it is, I guess, a Chinese cartoon. Don't know anything about that, but all right, cool. Glad to see that hidden theaters. I mean, that's a cool sign that animated features still can get theatrical releases. Uh, but December 1st, this is a a bigger weekend. I guess the one that stands out to me is kind of interesting here is don't suck. Mm -hmm. This is a comedy horror movie starring Matt Reif, Jamie Kennedy, um, and then some other comedians like Carrot Top is in it. Jimmy J.J. <laughs> oh Walker, God. Russell Peters, and like a whole bunch of stand-ups that you kind of like might slightly recognize, but won't be fully sure who they are. Um, I watched the trailer for this on mute about <laughs> 10 minutes ago and it looks pretty bad. Um, I can't imagine a world in which I actually see this, but the plot description is a veteran comedian's last chance at stardom takes him on the road with a young comic whom reveals an unexpected past, which is, as you might guess, he's a vampire. So it's like a, like a buddy road comic movie where one of them is a vampire. Okay. Uh, I don't know, dude.
0: That, that sounds intriguing. If it didn't star Jamie Kennedy, like, if there was, like, a f- actual funny person in the movie, I would be, like, kind of intrigued, because that's a funny premise, I think.
3: I uh, Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I, and I don't hate Jamie Kennedy. I mean, I, I loved him in Scream 2. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that's about it.
0: Yeah, that's the only thing he's ever done. Yeah. That was good. Um. Well, you buried the lead a little, because there's two two things coming out this week that are pretty big. Uh, Godzilla minus one.
3: Oh, getting- yeah. That's the same week. How am I going to yeah. figure out whether I see Don't Suck or Godzilla minus one?
0: <laughs> That's a good point. I'm going to be sh- uh, seeing this Godzilla. It's showing in Fresno, but I'm going to make the drive for Godzilla.
3: Yeah, I've got tickets, actually. I, I'm getting a a little bit of a sneak preview. I get to see it like a week before here in L.A. Okay.
0: Yeah, I think it's showing here for like a week, which is strange. But I'll take it.
3: Yeah, they're, I uh, think they're doing an IMAX screening, maybe just for one day. And the non-IMAX might be like a week or so. Oh, okay. Even down here, it's, it's not the widest release that you might want or expect from a Godzilla movie. But I guess that's because American audiences don't want to read subtitles, probably.
0: Yeah. It is cool that a lot of these movies are getting released really quickly now. I think I've mentioned this before, but like when they started doing those Avankillian remakes, like they would come out in Japan and then it would be like four years later they would come out in America. And then they came out like simultaneously, the, the most recent one did, um, as are like some of the Dragon Ball movies and this, I think, too. So uh, I like that we're not having to wait years and years and years to get these good imports. And the, the Shin movies, Shin Ultraman and Common Rider came out like pretty much simultaneously. So
3: that bodes well. Yeah. I I think this is like, it's been like a month or something, maybe early November, I I think is, is when this hit Japanese screens, but definitely a a much shorter turnaround than it used to be.
0: Yeah. Uh, also we have silent night, which is the new, uh, John Woo movie. Starring Joel Kinneman from the Suicide Squad, and wait, John Woo, the
3: guy that directed the version of the Killer that you watched before? <laughs> yeah, the guy who did the remake of that
0: David Fincher movie, right? Uh, yeah, it's uh, looks pretty good. It's about like a deaf guy who's like also killing a lot of people. I saw the trailer for it. I don't really know, but it's Christmas themed, so that seems fun.
3: Okay, well, speaking of Christmas themes. Did you see Candy Cane Lane on this I, list?
0: I am seeing it. I am seeing it. A comedy fantasy. It looks like people a... people I've never heard of.
3: Yeah, well, starring Eddie Murphy. You, you never heard oh, of yeah. Eddie Murphy? Oh, I guess I have, yeah. And then, yeah, then also a bunch of people I've never heard of outside <laughs> of him. It looks kind of like a the Santa Claus with Tim Allen, but with Eddie Murphy instead. Not that he's playing a Santa Claus-type character, but just kind of that sort of family comedy sort of a thing.
0: Yeah. Well, good for him.
3: Yeah. Get that money. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that I'll be seeing you out at the December 3rd re-release of the 48th and a half 48th and a half anniversary screening of Monty Python and the Holy Grail.
0: I... Will not be there. Actually, I don't, maybe. I've never seen it. I feel like I should go see it. 48th and a half anniversary. That doesn't even make sense. That's stupid. does it? <laughs> no, I'm not going to see this.
3: Uh, will you be more likely to see How the Grinch <laughs> Stole Christmas on December 3rd? Also getting a re-release. This one just called a 2023 re-release. Didn't, um, didn't calculate the, the actual anniversary.
0: Yeah. I might see this just so that it makes more money that week that weekend than Monty Python, you know, just to, to, to vote with my
3: dollars. Oh, I see how you do. I see how you do. Did you see this or, you know, back in the day when it came out?
0: I don't remember. I think I might've watched it like at like a family Christmas thing at some point, but I'm not totally sure.
3: It's pretty bad. Pretty bad. Considering that original cartoon is, you know, Incredible. It's perfect. That's a good one. It is a good one. The Abyss coming out again December 6th. I don't care about The Abyss. I think it's very overrated. Yeah, me too. December 8th, The Boy and the Heron, the final Hayao Miyazaki movie coming out from Studio Ghibli. Uh, I have tickets to this as well. I'm I'm excited to be seeing this uh, in a couple weeks Love those Miyazakis. I respect the Japanese of this country. Mm -hmm. Excited to see what his final movie will be. Hopefully, it doesn't have questionable politics in it like some of his more recent movies have.
0: What what kind of questionable
3: politics does he have? There's just like a lot of, uh, I don't know, revisionist history about World War II and stuff like this. Uh, okay. just, just kind of like glossing over, like, you know, the imperial nature of Japan at that time. Being like, oh, you, we were cool, you know, we just, we were into our planes, you know, can't judge us. We just loved airplanes. That's what we were into. Like
0: a lot of like the men behind the sun were actually doing good things kind of stuff.
3: <laughs> yeah, he explicitly says that, you know. <laughs> That's over the line. Yeah. He actually, from what I've heard, the boy in the Heron is a. It's a uh, it's a remake of Men Behind the Sun that is intended at, you know, setting the record straight to <laughs> okay, who well, was the true right. aggressor. Maybe <laughs> yeah, I will see this then. That's up my alley. Um, other than that, what else we got? We oh, got Poor Things. Poor Things. This is a big week, man. I'm excited for Poor Things. I love Yorgos. Seen almost all of his movies. I think there's like one... Early one, yeah, Kaneta I have not seen, but seen his other movies and uh, fucking love them. So this is going to be weird. Uh, You still haven't seen any Yorgos movies, is that true? I've not seen any Yorgos. Even The Favorite?
0: Especially not The Favorite. Damn, dude.
3: I was oh, actually like.
0: supposed to see the uh, the Killing of the Deer movie a couple weeks ago, but then somebody took it off the junk food dinner schedule and replaced oh. it with a Journey to the Center of the Earth movie. Who the hell would have done
3: such a crime?
2: I don't know.
0: Kevin, I think. Kevin picked that.
3: It's it's like this person that you're talking about has not even considered the new directions in podcasting that he could go in. You know? <laughs> it's true. Um, but
0: yeah, I it says here that this movie is limited. So it might be that my only chance of seeing this on a big screen is to see it that weekend that I'll be in LA. So it's possible that I'll be making you see this with me.
3: I, well, if I have already seen it, I'll probably be open to having seen it again. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, if it's my first time, then for sure. Well, I'm certainly like going to see this.
0: You're going to be seeing the boy and the heron on Friday. And then what are you going to be doing Saturday? You're, you're wide open unless you go to a double feature on Friday. I feel like I got a pretty good shot of making you see this for the first time.
3: We do run the risk that the phantom thread re-release gets a bigger screen. And I spend oh, all yeah. day Saturday watching that on a loop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did see that that was coming. I was scouring the the local LA theaters to see what was playing that in those days that I would be down there. And wouldn't you know it just phantom thread.
3: <laughs> well yeah but this this should be good you know it's kind of frankenstein adjacent yeah and it's got emma stone mark ruffalo willem Dafoe, and uh, this dude makes weird movies you know and and makes weird movies at a budget that very few other people get an opportunity to do so and i always celebrate that yeah I'm excited to finally see one of his movies. You got time between now and then to, to catch up? Go go watch The Lobster. I think you would nope. like it. Well,
0: maybe I will. You like that like Colin Farrell? I do like him, yeah. Uh, another movie I would like to see one day A Christmas Story. I've never, You've never saw seen it. A
3: Christmas Story.
0: Nope. It's coming to theaters December 10th through Fathom Events. I've never, I mean, I've seen like, Bits and pieces. Uh, Like, I feel like I know everything from it because I've grown up in America,
3: you know? But like... You know about the uh, lamp. You know about he's licking mm -hmm. the the pole and his tongue gets stuck to the pole because it's too cold outside.
0: Yeah. The BB guns, the Scott Farkas, the uh, the Chinese food.
3: I know all of it. Well, you you know more about it than I do. And I've seen this movie like 10 times. (laughs) Well... I'll just go ahead and rate it four stars on Letterboxd. <laughs> I, like I like this movie. I mean, I, I think that it is one that for some people, it means maybe more than it means to me. Like I, I didn't see it when I was very young. I probably saw it when I was like 15 or something for the first time. And I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is fun, but it's not like I grew up with it. Um, but definitely worth watching. I mean, it's a, it's a classic. Coming out the next day, December 11th, a re-release of Tokyo Godfathers, which is another holiday classic, if you ask me. This is a Satoshi Kon anime. He's the guy that directed um, Paprika and and Perfect Blue and Millennium Actress and um, just a handful of movies before he died, kind of young, sadly. And this is one of his best. It takes place thinking kind of the gap between christmas and new year's maybe or, or maybe it is new year's eve um, but it's it's a holiday time movie uh centered around uh, a few homeless people in in tokyo and uh it's it's really good i've heard good things about it
0: but I th- i've only seen like one or two of this guy's movies whichever ones we've done on the show I, i've seen and i i believe i liked them if i remember correctly
3: yeah, you you liked that perfect blue. Don't you remember that oh, with the, uh, yeah. the the stalker? It was kind of Lynchian
0: in a way. I did like that. Yeah, I like why
3: well, I like David Lynch,
0: so yeah, I, I must have it. I know you do. It. Yeah. I know you do. Uh December 15th, we've got Wonka, which looks very stupid. But it's yeah. a musical, so I might see it, but it looks very bad.
3: It looks really bad, right? Yeah. It's yeah, it's he, frustrating. I mean, it, I want to like Timothy Chalamet. I actually thought he was pretty good on SNL this uh, past week or the week before. I like that sketch where he played the uh, the the big moon up in the sky that was singing or whatever. I thought that was fun, but um, I don't know, dude. Yeah, this looks bad.
0: Yeah, Willy Wonka doesn't need an origin story. Like, I mean, I. Yeah, I guess all you can do with this is like either just remake it or like you can't really do a sequel to it, although I think there is a sequel book, maybe so maybe you can, but like, yeah, so I guess they just need you know, wanted to do something with the IP and didn't want to just remake it again, so you got to do a prequel, but like, who cares? Like, I don't care how Willy Wonka found his Oompa Loompas, like, who gives a shit.
3: It is weird that they haven't tried to make the Glass Elevator, you know, the, the sequel book, into a movie as far as I know. Because, yeah, <clears throat> I think the thing that people care about in that original movie is Charlie's adventures in, in the Chocolate Factory. You know, it's it's about him and uh, mm-hmm. seeing him develop, you know, into, I, I think in, in the sequel, I think he develops into being like the Wonka figure. Like he takes over the... From remembering it, right? If he takes over the uh, the factory, that would be cool to see rather than just yeah, Timothy Chalamet discovering Oompa Loompa's on an island or or whatever this will be.
0: Yeah. Uh after that, on December twenty second, we got Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom. I don't know why I said that excited. I'm not excited. <laughs> about that. Uh, the first one I, I didn't like very much. And this one looks exactly like the first one.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I never saw the first one. I like DC comics as a kid, but I didn't ever care about Aquaman one way or the other. And I don't think anybody ever did. I don't, I don't think there ever was an Aquaman fan in the world. So at most, you, you know, you get indifference, which I think is where I land. You know, a lot of people would probably say Aquaman is the subject of ridicule, mm-hmm. and uh, probably so will will be this film. I'm guessing. I, I don't think this will make money.
0: Yeah, I think you're probably right. The first one somehow made like a billion dollars. It was like the most successful out of all the like Snyderverse movies, I think, except for maybe Wonder Woman, which blows my mind. But uh, yeah, yeah, I can't imagine them having that lightning in a bottle twice.
3: What's this American fiction movie?
0: I don't know. Looks kind of interesting. um, Jeffrey Wright's in it. I like him. He's a good actor.
3: Written and directed by Cord Jefferson, who I don't know much about... I guess he worked on the Watchmen TV series. Okay. Wikipedia says nothing about the plot. Okay. Frustrated novelist who's fed up with the establishment that profits from black entertainment that relies on tired and offensive tropes to prove his point. He uses a pen name to write an outlandish black book of his own, a book that propels him to the heart of hypocrisy and the madness he claims to disdain seems like it might be interesting. I mean, especially if there's kind of a comedic bent to it, I could see this being kind of like, what was that, that white voice movie that we watched? Oh, um, sorry for bothering you. Yeah. 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 Maybe it's, if it's kind of in that vein, looks like it is
1: yeah, comedic Keith kind of, in it.
3: Yeah.
0: And he plays a character named Willie the Wonker. So this may be the best Willie Wonka movie
3: of, <laughs> of the year. Wow. Talk about counter-programming. Yeah. Now I know why this movie's coming out around this time. Willie Wonker. Very odd. I like it. Um, that is how people in Boston pronounce Willie Wonka, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, it looks like there's a couple other movies
0: uh, this week that look good. The Iron Claw is a movie about the Devon um, Eric family, the wrestling family.
3: Oh, yeah. Did you see this trailer? I did. It looks pretty good. I thought the trailer looked really good. I thought they really captured that look of like 70s and 80s Texas wrestling perfectly.
0: Yeah. With the help of Zac Efron's muscles. that,
3: that A lot of muscles on display. There. I mean, mm-hmm. and not just his. It seems like this is going to be a movie that is just, you know, stacked and jacked.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, this will be a first day watch for me. I think it looks good. I love that Zac Efron. He hasn't made a good movie in a while, so I'm glad he's
3: back. Hopefully he's I back. Op- I hope it's fun, though. Like, it, like, I know that there's a ton of tragedy in, in the Von Erich story. But mm-hmm. I don't want this to be like the wrestler, you know, like let's let's at least have a little bit of fun before the tragedy, you know?
0: Yeah. It looks like it captures the like the fun and the fame and the craziness of 80s wrestling. So, yeah, I bet it's going to be like half fun and half the saddest thing you've ever seen in your whole life cuz those guys went through a lot.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is this is one that I'm definitely keeping my eye on and and actually I would really probably like to see this in theaters too. See those big muscles on a big screen.
0: Yeah, got to see those big forty foot long muscles. <laughs> uh, there's also this movie "Anyone But You," which looks like a dopey rom com, but it stars Glenn Powell, who was one of the main dudes from um, "Everybody Wants Some." He was one of the main baseball players. Uh, he was like the this the blonde haired like kind of like Playboy one. I forget his name, but he was—he's really the guy good. that
3: looks like Channing Tatum,
0: kind of. Yeah, yeah. He's got like a a very angular face, um, and also Sydney Sweden- Sweeney from Euphoria, which is like my favorite show now because I'm a teenager. So I will probably see it just for those people.
3: I don't know anything about this other than. Nathan Fielder and Emma Stone put out that trailer for The Curse that is like a parody of the trailer for this. That's oh, all I, I heard know. about that. Yeah. So, I
0: should check that out.
3: You should check out that and then check out The Curse. Actually, to be honest, don't watch the trailer. Just just watch the show.
0: Okay. I'll watch the show and then watch the trailer.
3: Yeah. that's That's probably the better way to do it. Okay. Although I think – I think the trailer had like little highlights from upcoming episodes. When I watched that trailer, I was like, "I'm pretty sure I'm seeing footage of things that I haven't seen yet in the show." Which that's always kind of a bummer, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, maybe I'll hold off.
3: Yeah, hold on. I don't want just just see anyone but you instead. Yeah, I'll see that. Yeah.
0: Um, and then we got the color purple.
3: Which, oh, yeah. yeah. Why are they making that again? was perfect the first time, you know? I, I do honestly really love that original.
0: That's uh, I haven't seen that one. That's like one of the few Spielbergs I haven't seen still.
3: It um, goes hard. It is a rough movie. Like some pretty heinous shit happens to our lead character in that movie.
0: Well, then that makes me even more confused that this is a musical version of that. Well, they make sad musicals, right? Yeah, that's true. That is true. But I like musicals, so I'll probably check this out.
3: You got to check out that original first.
0: Yeah, I probably should.
3: And I think that's more or less the interesting movies. or something, The Boys in the Boat. I don't know what this is. Oh, it's a 1930s oh, yeah. set story centered on the University of Washington's rowing team. Yeah, I think George Clooney directed this. Come on, you guys. Yeah. The distributor listed is MGM slash Weinstein. We're still putting the Weinstein name on things? That is (laughs) strange. (laughs) Yeah, seems like he would want to get rid of that. Yeah. Yeah. The Crime is Mine, some kind of French, again, 1930s-based kind of crime comedy mystery sort of a thing, I think. Yeah. But yeah, I mean it's pretty much all about Ziller, Miyazaki, and poor things for me, I guess.
0: Uh yeah. I think Iron Claw is probably the and Godzilla are mine. The two I'm looking forward to most.
3: But there, there are things to see in theaters between now and the end of the year. Don't let anyone tell you that there aren't because, in fact, there's at least a couple things, you know?
0: Yeah. Now there's you can reasons. make an in, informed decision. Yeah, there's reasons to get out there. Yeah. Uh, well, let's find out from these these kids out here in Jungfut Dinnerland what they're going to be seeing and what they've been watching. The first one. This is a guy we all know and love.
2: Live from New York, it's Mr. Brian. Mr. Brian. Mr. Ladies and gentlemen, Brian. Don't
1: please. Supper this week? If it's not supper, I apologize. Then junk food dinner. Anyway, junk food dinner, junk food supper. What is up, my friends? Mr. Brian calling from the streets in New York. Calling from the streets now, doing my reporting. Um, just wanted to call in and wish Kevin Moose, Parker Bowman, Sean Byron, happy Thanksgiving. Thankful for all the wonderful content and episodes you put out each and every week. Uh hope you guys have a nice holiday. Wanna wish everybody in the Discord happy Thanksgiving. Uh all the listeners, happy Thanksgiving Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Um and yeah, that's it. Oh um one quick question. The other thing I, I noticed, I think somebody tweaked my theme song added a little audio of me saying Mr. Brian in New York. So uh, I had that right, um, but I like it. So I'm not sure who did that, but uh outstanding work. Anyway, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Love the show as always, and peace.
0: Thank you, Mr. Brian, for reporting in. Uh, I think the theme song is the same. Well, so.
3: that's well. That's what you would think if if you had not listened to last week's episode, which I guess you are now oh. revealing your your pose I, here. You know, you you claim to be a big fan of junk food supper, but you're not <laughs> listening to the episodes that we record every it. week. I lived the episode. I I don't have to listen to it. Well. You lived through it, and yet somehow you missed the funny little audio trickery that I did to... Yes, I, I did modify the theme song to include a, a bit of audio from Brian himself.
1: Ah.
0: That was my, my
3: tribute to him.
0: Okay. To show that you're thankful
3: for him. Precisely.
0: Okay, and, I respect I mean, that. mostly
3: just to keep myself entertained. That's the, <laughs> if, if you're wondering why I do almost anything... I'm just trying to keep myself entertained over here.
0: Well, I hope you're relaxing while you do it. You would hope so. hmm <laughs> uh, Well, let's, let's see how else we got. I don't know who these other other folks are.
3: Uh, at least I didn't write them down. So. <laughs> you don't, you, you're just going to refuse to wish Mr. Brian a, a happy Thanksgiving as well?
0: No, well, of course I hope he has a nice Thanksgiving. He'll be listening to this after Thanksgiving. So, I mean, my wishes will go unheeded in the universe, but I hope that he has a nice Friday or Saturday. Check this out.
3: Mr. Brian, I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Oh, well,
0: all right. Well, if we're doing it in past tense, then... You can flip the tents like that. <laughs> okay, I didn't realize we could flip the tents. I do hope, Mr. Brian, you had a nice Thanksgiving. But I hope even more that you have a great Sunday mm, afternoon.
3: You're mixing tenses now, and I don't like it. I won't stand for it.
0: <laughs> I hope you have a great November the 27th. That's uh, that's my little brother's birthday. I hope you have a great day that day, Mr. Brian. Celebrate my brother's birthday. Um. By listening to Megadeth, that's what he would want. Uh, this next one is from a nice young gentleman uh, that everybody loves as well.
2: Child of the jacket, that's his fucking name. Not calling into us, and it knows our name's is The person you my side, and I'm just smoking weed. If you're into Porky's, honey, he's got what you need in Kentucky. Wow, well, from Kentucky, we're gonna call
1: him to a show, show, show. Hey, uh, uh, Kevin, how's it going, man? I haven't heard much of you lately because you just only doing it once a month. But I was just wanting to... Uh, Celebrate
3: a show! Of... All right, I think that's it. And Kyle, that's what we get from you, man. I'm expecting more from one of our all-time great voicemailers.
0: Yeah, uh, you would think that he would be—that he's called in enough that he would know not to immediately hang up when calling in. You would think that he'd have it down pretty well by now.
3: Yeah, or know that if he does do that, that is a case where he can violate our multiple call rule, and and you can call back and be like, look, uh, you know, I, I fat-fingered the phone.
2: Here I am again.
0: <laughs> well, we do have a third voicemail, so possibly it is him calling back,
3: but I, I don't know. I don't vet these things very well. I hope it is, but I, I you know what? I'm gonna to have to say, let's not play his theme song again. Just you know, in case yeah. it's not him. Yeah,
0: it very well could not be. So that's a good, good idea. So here, <sighs> here is the, the mystery third voicemail.
2: Uh, happy Thanksgiving, God damn it. Happy Thanksgiving, boys. <laughs> uh, also, happy Thanksgiving to uh, Tom from Adelaide and Mia. I left you guys out for Halloween, so I figured to correct that. have a wonderful. Thanksgiving holiday, or don't if you don't want to. I don't give a shit, but, you know, happy something. Anyway, uh, thoroughly enjoying the Journey to the Center of the Earth series. Uh I do you think that you are leaving some good stuff on the table. Um, big fan of, like, Dinosaurs Underground, and two of my favorite movies from those genres are uh, At the Earth's Core and yep. um, People That Time Forgot. I believe that's what that's called. Um, I think you should trade some of the uh, sinkers out that you're probably going to have to wade through. Do those instead because they got some cool monsters and uh, hot ladies and uh, explosions and shit. Uh, anyway, rubber suited dinosaurs underground forever. Happy Thanksgiving. Love the show. Take care, everybody. Bye.
0: Thank you for the voicemail. Um uh... I deeply disagree with your sentiment about these center-of-the-earth movies, Um, but I deeply agree with the sentiment that uh, Tom from Adelaide and Mia Sweetman should have had a good holiday. I hope that in the past- Oh, I
3: see. Now you're on board (laughs) with past tense. I hope that their holiday was good. Man, Bowman, you're pretty late to getting around to this past tense craze.
0: Well- Better late than never, you know,
3: I am intrigued and, and have been intrigued, um, about these at the earth's core movies. I think the people that time forgot is maybe also partially based on at the earth's core, which is, uh, not a Jules Verne story, but an Edgar Rice Burroughs story from roughly the same time period. That is roughly the same story. I believe, um, I haven't seen either of those movies. I think that we will see those movies, but we might need to wait until after we finish our journeys to the center of the Earth to start our series on Edgar Rice Burroughs' At the Earth's Core adaptations, because there are, turns out, a good number of those as well.
0: Well, that's ironic that he his name is Burroughs, and he wrote a book about going to the center of the Earth. Yeah. That's
3: funny. That's Yeah, I wonder if he... If he considered the humor when he did that.
0: I think so. Um, yeah, I'm excited for this, to, to dive into all of these Center of the Earth movies. I actually just learned that um, Dustin Ferguson has a movie about monsters from the Center of the Earth. So I'm very excited to watch that one as well as part of this retrospective.
3: That sounds um, great.'m I'm, I'm into that. I love that. <laughs> oh, you say that now. You say that now, Sean Byron. but it 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 does feature caves and stuff like that, right?
0: No, he doesn't have enough money for caves. It's just people walking around the goddamn woods and then watching Night of the Living Dead for thirty minutes because it's uh there's no copyright on that.
3: Do they talk about the center of the Earth?
0: probably not. No, not, but but it's mentioned on the post on the poster, at least (laughs) on the poster. They do mention the center of the earth. I'll I'll take it. (laughs) All right. Well, fair enough. Fair enough.
3: Also, sorry to the caller at my disgust and dismay that you were not Kyle from Kentucky. I think you understand. (laughs) This is nothing personal. (laughs) Um, well, if you're
0: not Kyle from Kentucky, or if you are, you can Especially give us a call. Especially
3: if you are. Call back, Especially.
0: Kyle. Yeah. I want to know what he was going to say. Uh, call us. 347-746-JUNK. That's 347 Let us know what's going on with you. Let us know your favorite movies about the center of the earth or your favorite Dustin Ferguson movies. Whatever, you, you know, whichever ones you think Sean would like. Whichever yeah. Dustin Ferguson movies you think he would like. Let us know. Yeah.
3: Next week, we will have Kevin Moss. You know, his schedule permitting, we we still need to work things out with his people, but uh, we're expecting to have Kevin Moss. So, Kyle, it's your perfect chance. You get another swing at the bat. Mm -hmm. You got your question for Kevin, he's going to be around to answer it. Yeah, that goes for everybody. If you got
0: something to say to Kevin, now's the time to call in. Um, but until then, or I mean, well, not until then. Until uh, we're going to take a quick break, so we'll be back in a few minutes—not a whole week or nothing like that. But uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking about National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon One. So stick around.
2: National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon One. From out of the night comes two men with enough courage. Enough brains. What you got, Irv? Dandruff, seborrhea, maybe just dry itchy scale. Have you tried this? I use it. Head and shoulders? Enough bullets. I know what you're thinking, punk. Did he fire 173 times or 174? To get the job done. Hey, Scotty! Can you get this machine to work? I'm giving her all she's got, Captain. If I push it any harder, the whole thing will blow. New Line Cinema presents <laughs> The Cop Movie to end all cop movies. Give me a
0: name. Aren't your parents supposed to do that? Hey, hey, Sarge. It's tingling. That means it's working.
1: Do you sleep in the nude? Only when I'm naked.
3: They know never to screw with me. Wilderness, girls.
0: It's just a big checkout. Come on, level with me. It's not bad. You'll be fine.
2: You'll be back on your feet in no time. National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1.
3: So, this is Mr. wear your flesh as a hair ned leecher, huh? Look who's Mr. Scaredy-Pants now. I just gotta ask, what does human
2: flesh taste like? Chicken. See it before they make the sequel.
0: Welcome back to Junk Food Supper. Uh, This week's movie is National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1. This is a 1993 parody of the Lethal Weapon movies, uh, directed by Gene Quintano, who didn't do a whole lot else. He did a few other movies, most notably Funky Monkey from uh, 2004, a movie about a monkey that plays football, I guess, according to the poster. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds great. (laughs) Yeah, I would see it. Let's see what the plot of this is. Uh, a boy genius teams up with a talented chimpanzee.
3: All right. Okay.
0: Good enough. <laughs> Not a monkey. <laughs> well, true, true. Um, and it was written by Don Holly, um, the director, and Tori Tellum, and Don Holly and Tori Tellum. This was the only thing they ever wrote, uh, at least in terms of movies. Maybe they had a luxurious career in television, but Letterbox won't tell me that. Um, this is, um, like I said, a spoof of the lethal weapon movies. It stars Emilio Estevez and Samuel L. Jackson as the, uh, Riggs and Murtaugh characters. And I guess going through this movie, because it's, it's just like a, it's like a naked gun airplane type of a thing. A hotshots type of a thing. It's just a silly spoof running through the plot would be meaningless in a movie like this. Um, so rather than do that, I figured we probably, it would probably better suit us to just run down the list of like everybody who's in this movie because some, there's a ton of funny people and not so funny people in this movie. Uh, so that would probably be better service to talk about this movie through them rather than talk about the movie through the plot because it's essentially just the plot of like a, any standard action movie and that. Really doesn't tell you how
3: silly this movie is. Um, I, I think the plot has something to do with what disguising cocaine in Girl Scout cookies or something. But yeah, it it does not mm-hmm. matter.
0: Yeah, General Mo- Motors mortars, um, played by William Shatner. Uh, yeah, he's some kind of drug kingpin, and yeah, he wants him and his henchman Tim Curry. Want to put cocaine in cookies for some reason? I don't even understand that plot necessarily. But uh, Emilio Estevez and Samuel L. Jackson got to stop them. Um, so yeah, so we've got Emilio Estevez in this Samuel L. Jackson, which is this is like really early on in Samuel L. Jackson's career. It's like yeah. kind of wild that this is kind of where he got to start more or less. Well-
3: it's well I mean it, he had done you know the Spike Lee movies and stuff like that yeah. but this is before he started actually playing these kinds of roles that he's parodying because you know a few years after this he would be in a in a Die Hard movie and you know obviously since then he's he's played a number of cops but this this might be maybe the first time he plays a cop I would think
0: Yeah I think so I mean I'd have to to look but yeah it's it's definitely odd cuz like a lot of these other guys, like the joke is that you know who they are in a lot of ways. Like, I mean, they even call out at one point, like the fact that it's funny that Emilio Estevez is in this movie while Charlie Sheen, his brother, is doing hot shots and like so. Like a lot of the time, like they're winking at you with the casting. So it's kind of odd that Samuel L. Jackson plays such a prominent role when, like, I feel like most audiences wouldn't know him at the time. Like, he's like maybe the only cast member that like prominent cast member that like general audiences probably wouldn't know. He wasn't like super famous at the time.
3: He had that small role in Jurassic park, like this same year.
1: Oh, okay. And that might be
3: like his big, like kind of breakthrough for the public. But yeah, they, they were, uh, you know, ahead of the curve, I think in casting Sam Jackson here. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, looks like, Loaded Weapon may have come out a little bit before Jurassic Park that year. And then before that, it's like, yeah, small roles and like good fellas and the Spike Lee stuff. Coming to America. He plays he's got like five seconds of screen time in. So
3: a lot of um, this casting though is kind of playing into tropes, you know, like you're saying, like they got Frank McCrae here to play the the irate police boss guy, which is that's a role that he played, mm-hmm. you know for real in you know 48 hours before this and Mm -hmm. i think at least a handful of other movies i guess last action hero he he did kind of the same role yeah which is another same year as this i think yeah
0: which is wild to have done the role genuinely in 48 hours and then to do it as a joke in two more movies later in your career like that's a lot of fun
3: yeah, well, and he's great at it. I mean, he's probably the all-time best, like angry cop boss kind of guy. He's he's perfect.
0: Yeah, he's really funny, and um, yeah, there's a funny part in this uh, where you, Sean, actually got to watch part of a Star Trek movie where uh, they're in the uh, police station and their cappuccino machine is busted, and he screams for Scotty to come fix it, and then James Doohan, Star Trek Scotty pops up and he says that uh, he's trying he's giving it all she's got and so yeah <laughs> which is a very funny joke i feel like
3: and i um, i think this does officially put this into the star or not star wars god damn it star trek canon because they call him scotty i mean to mm-hmm. me that's uh, that's confirmation this is part of the canon this is part of the lore mm-hmm. and officially i've now participated in a spock summer
0: yeah true you have, you have done it. This is your first Star Trek movie.
3: It's got Scotty. It's got Shatner. It's got all the things that you need in a in a summer of
2: Spock.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. It does have Shatner. Um, I guess I never realized that two Star Treks are in this movie. I mean, I guess it seems pretty obvious
3: in retrospect, but uh, yeah, Shatner. Well, he he's he's good in this though, right? Like that's the thing is like mm-hmm. I, I feel like you can forget that Shatner's in this because you don't expect Shatner to have any sort of talent when it comes to acting. <laughs> yeah. Somehow in this movie, I don't know. He's got a good character that he's kind of figured out. And, and I thought he was like, um, showing more range in this than I expected.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. He's really surprisingly funny. And I mean, he's kind of doing like his Shatner thing, but he's also like just being like a super ham. Like there's a scene where he, um has met up with Dennis Leary and to intimidate him he uh dips his head into his fish tank and eats a piranha (laughs) and like yeah so he's just being like I don't know like you kind of think of William Shatner as being like a little self-serious maybe but like in real life so it's fun to see him just be super silly in this movie
3: yeah totally
0: Um, Let's see who else. Oh, we've got uh, Kathy Ireland, of course, star of many Center of the uh, Earth films. Um, She plays Emilio Estevez's love interest slash a suspect or witness or something. Um, She's all right. She's pretty good in this. She has... I think she's got a lot of charisma. And she actually plays some of the comedy stuff pretty funny. Like, there's a scene where she and Emilio Estevez are like comparing the injuries they've gotten, sort of like in Jaws. And um, she shows him a plate that she's got in her head, and she says that it was an elective surgery and that she was a fool for getting it.
3: (laughs) It makes me laugh really hard. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I thought she was good in this. They know how to use her. I mean, she doesn't have a ton of acting chops or whatever, but... Uh, She gets by in this movie based on her charms.
0: Yeah. There's also a scene near the end um, where she's been shot and she's like dying. And she's telling Emilio Estevez to kiss her before she dies. And she's like throwing up blood and like puking and making all these pukey sounds (laughs) and telling him to kiss her. And that makes me laugh a lot too. Uh,
3: We've also got John Lovitz. He's in here. Yeah. And I loved it. Love, love, this is it. I love to see this guy. Uh, I I wish he was the annoying third banana in every movie.
0: Yeah. He's super good in this movie. Um, there's a funny part where like they go to like question him and he's like, I don't know anything about the, the cookies with the cocaine. And, uh, Samuel L. Jackson says, these matches say you're lying. And he hands him the matches. And then he looks at them and then they just say, you're lying. Like somebody wrote that in pen on the matches. <laughs> uh, very good joke. Very good joke. In my opinion. Also that scene has perhaps my favorite joke in this movie where they're like going to his apartment and they're like walking through the halls of like this seedy sort of apartment building or a hotel. Maybe I think it's a hotel. They're at the squealers hotel. Um, and they see a guy in the hallway that's like running through the hallways. And so the cops say to him, hey, not so fast. And then he slows down to a normal pace. And then they go, that's better. <laughs> <laughs> if, that's a good joke.
3: If we're calling out favorite jokes from this, I, I got to call out my favorite joke, which is, I think it's a conversation between Estevez and Sam Jackson, but they're talking about uh, this girl that's been killed. And I think it's Esteves that says, oh yeah, you know, she found out about, about the drug deal and, and that's why she was killed. And Jackson replies with, you don't think it was the bullets? Which <laughs> <laughs> for all these years, you know, I, I saw this movie when I was a kid on, on HBO a, a million times. For all these years, that joke has stuck in my mind and I, I still find it to be funny.
0: That is a great joke. Um, my my other super favorite joke from this is um, early on in the movie, Whoopi Goldberg is killed by Tim Curry. And then we are introduced to Samuel L. Ka- Jackson's character who was her former partner. So he's getting the update from the coroner and he's like, be sensitive. This is my former partner, you know? And she's like, okay, I'll be sensitive. Anyway, this loser took the chicken shit way out uh, because they think it's a suicide. And that's funny. I've always laughed at the idea. It's like Dr. Ruth or something like that. I've always laughed at the idea of trying to be sensitive and telling somebody that their friend, was a loser that took the chicken shit way out and killed themselves. I don't know. Even when I was like 10, I was like, this is the funniest. I like, I don't even think I understood the joke. It's just the way she says it. Like, it's so funny to me.
3: That scene also starts off with one of my favorite jokes, which is the Chiron joke that they do in that scene where, you know, this is like the second scene in the movie. Like it it opens up with that big action scene at the convenience store where they're doing like the Cobra style shootout, which by the way looks great. I mean, when when you (laughs) see this movie, like you'll be kind of impressed. Like the fact that this looks like a a real ass action movie from the time period, but then they cut into the, the Whoopi Goldberg household and the way they do it, they cut to the house and at the bottom part of the screen, the Chiron says Los Angeles. It's like, okay, fine. That makes sense. Then a couple seconds go by, you get another Chiron that says night. It's like, well, okay, I could have figured that out by the you know, the color of the sky. Uh, but fine, funny. And then you get another pause. <laughs> it says 67 degrees Fahrenheit. It's like, oh, that's funny. And then it says a house. And then uh, there's a, a bit later where Whoopi Goldberg mentions the time and the Chiron updates to say what time it is and, and all that stuff. And I just thought that was funny, the kind of interplay between the characters in the scene and the text at the bottom. Uh, there's another moment later where somebody, I think it's S.T.F. has trips over a, a, some of the subtitles that are on screen that I think is really funny.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I like when he does that because he's he trips over the subtitles because there are two Nazis in the like <laughs> drug cartel um, and he trips over their dialogue, which I don't even think I realized like what was happening. In that scene as a kid, like I didn't realize they were Nazis. I was just like, okay, they're soldier guys at the drug warehouse. That makes sense. But but they're just actual Nazis. I think they're Nazis. I mean, maybe they're like World War 1 German soldiers. They're German soldiers at the very least.
3: Let's not make the assumption, Bowman, that every German must be a Nazi. So that's, that's, that's a little bit problematic.
0: That is. You're right. I apologize. Um Let's see. It's Doctor Joyce, by the way, who says that that loser took the chicken shit way out. Um, we've also got Lynn Shay in a small role, um, and Bob Shay pops up for a second because this is a new line movie. Uh, Richard Mole. Shay.
3: Well, but hold on. Don't gloss over Bob Shay's appearance because I think he's got one of the funniest cameos in this. Like, if you know who he is, mm-hmm. seeing him be one of the Horndog cops that's in the basic instinct interrogation scene spoof where he's like leaning in and kind of like hooting and hollering when uh, Kathy Ireland's crossing her legs. I think that's a great little cameo for Mr. Bob Shea. That is a good cameo.
0: I think if yeah, if you're the head of the studio, that's probably the cameo you want. It's it's pretty fun. Um who else do you like in this movie? Who's some of your your favorite cameos?
3: Well, that scene, I, I don't know if this is a cameo because probably nobody out there other than me was excited, but that scene with Bob Shea also features um, one of the interrogators being played by Rick DeCommon. Remember that mm-hmm. guy from The Burbs? I always liked yeah. that actor, Rick Decommon. Um There's a funny bit in this where there's a shootout on the second floor of a hotel, like in the hallway of the hotel, and up there on the second floor in the hallway is Eric Estrada and his motorcycle from Chips. And mm-hmm. uh, I just think that's very funny to see him next to his motorcycle in a you know second-story hallway. Um, oh, yeah.
0: I I never got that joke as a kid because I never watched Chips, but I was watching it. It was like fourth or fifth grade, and I invited my friend John McDonough over to watch the movie because he'd never seen it. And when that happened, when you see Eric Estrada, like he goes, oh, that's the guy from Chips. And then it pans over to another guy on a motorcycle, and he goes, oh, it's the other guy
3: from Chips. So it's
0: <laughs> both guys from Chips, apparently. A show I, I, wouldn't,
3: I would never know the other guy from Chips. So <laughs> thank God for yeah. your friend for pointing that out.
0: Yeah. This movie keeps on giving. 30 years later, you're still getting jokes, new jokes out of it.
3: Yeah. Um, Another one of my favorite jokes is Charlie Sheen makes a cameo in this, and I don't even know if this is a joke, and I can't even explain why I like it, Uh, but he plays a parking lot attendant in this, and you can see very prominently on his name tag that the man's name is Gern, (laughs) G-E-R-N. I don't know what it means. I don't think it means anything. But it's just a funny name, Gern, the parking lot attendant. And so I always love that.
0: I've never noticed that, but
3: that is a funny name. He also
0: does this thing where uh, Samuel L. Jackson tips him, and then he like looks at the bill, and he's like, well, do you have anything smaller? And then Samuel L. Jackson's like, go ahead and keep it. And he's like, well, do you have anything larger? And that's funny to me.
3: <laughs> that's a funny joke.
0: I like that joke. Um, we've also got Bruce Willis in here
3: yeah, um, as John McClane.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it says uncredited. I've seen him credited as John McClane, like on letterboxd he is. And I've also seen him credited as like man in house or something like generic like that. But he is definitely playing John McClane. Like he, these uh yeah. guys show up and blow up his house. And then he's like, Does, you got the wrong house. I'm just Bruce Willis.
3: I'll He's like got the, the signature tank top and, and all of that. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. the same character. The yeah. Ninja Turtles also show up in the movie around that time.
0: Yeah, that's the one cameo I don't like. That's maybe the only part of this movie I don't like is because Emilio Estevez is like trying to sneak into the drug warehouse and he goes into the sewer and then he pops up um, and the Ninja Turtles are around him playing uh, like a board game. And he pops up out of the ground to, you know, out of, the, out of the bottom of the frame. But so it's like implying that he's in the sewers with the Ninja Turtles. But the scene that they use is from the first Ninja Turtles movie, and it comes from the part of the movie where they're at April's farmhouse. So they're not in the sewers. They're, and they're, they're just clearly in a house, like in a normal house. So the Not whole even joke in the city.
3: Yeah, the whole joke doesn't make sense. It's also frustrating because... You know, you go through this movie, you see John McClane, then you see the Ninja Turtles, you're seeing Bob Shea, Lynn Shea. I'm over here thinking, is Freddy Krueger going to make an appearance? And sadly, never happens.
0: That is very sad.
3: Um, But someone else does make it. He was too busy not appearing on his TV show.
0: (laughs) True. Um, But we do have perhaps the two best. Cameos to get to. We left. We la lo- We we left the best for last. Um, is
3: the best cameo Mr. Potato Head? Mr. Potato Head's one of the best. That is a good joke. I love um, that joke. That that basically early in the movie you see that there's like a sketch artist at the police station who instead of sketching the suspect is like trying to render them using a potato and Mr. Potato Head parts, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. And then later in the movie, in the background, you just see somebody being arrested. That is a giant potato with potato head face parts on.
0: Yeah. And that him getting arrested is like just in the background somewhere. I mean, it's like pretty visible because it's a big potato head mask face guy. So it's not like a super subtle thing, but I do like that. It's just kind of in the background.
3: Yeah. But, but if he's not one of your two biggest cameos in this, then I, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, dude. (laughs) Well, we've got Phil Hartman.
1: Oh,
0: he yes. Shows up. yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. They're, they're, all the cops are in a shootout, and uh, Emilio Estevez and Samuel L. Jackson tell all the normal beat cops not to shoot. Um, or actually, no, that's the other one. Um, I, I get these two mixed up all the time. For some reason, I think one's the other and, and the other's the other one. But um, Phil Hartman starts laughing about something, and they're like, What are you doing? Why are you laughing? You know, if, if you think it's so funny, why don't you make everybody laugh? And then he, goes over and like gets in front of a brick wall and starts doing like stand up and starts telling jokes and stuff and that's pretty funny to me. And it's funny cuz like Phil Hartman was like at the height of being Phil Hartman at this time in 1993 I think. So for him to be in 5 seconds of this movie and tell two jokes is pretty wild. He could have been like the star of the fucking movie. Um so it's good to see him, but the the absolute best cameo in this movie is in that same scene a cop accidentally shoots. Uh, and then so Emilio Estevez and Samuel L. Jackson tell him, the cop that shoots, to hand over his gun until he learns how to use it. And that person's Corey Feldman. I don't even think he says anything. Yeah. He's just credited as a it's young cop. Yeah, It's very weird because, yeah, he, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's so weird to cast Corey Feldman in this, but, uh, but there he is. Is that? Is that all the, the cameos? Are there any more that, that you wanted to talk about? I think there's a few maybe we didn't really mention. F. Murray Abraham plays Hannibal Lecter, basically. Oh, yeah. which I think is that's wildy. all
3: the, the big cameos.
0: I think so, yeah. Um, well, needless to say, I love this movie. I've loved it since I was a kid. I still love it. Uh, I watch it every, every so often. Um, I mean, movies like this are just like, they were just like such a great art form for a while, like airplane, naked gun, hot shots, this. And then soon after the entire genre, like the parody genre just devolved into stupid stuff like epic movie and like all that nonsense where she's like, here's a reference. Is that funny? Like stuff like that. Um, and sad to see, cause it was a once mighty genre. Um,
3: yeah, it, it feels like it's basically just devolved into, like, recreating scenes from famous movies, but on a lower budget and with people that you expect to be funny. And so, like, that by default makes it funny now, I guess? Versus, like, this movie is like, they kind of, I don't know, they kind of replicate the look and feel and scope of, like, a actual action movie from the day, and then they bring jokes to it, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, yeah, one of the reviews I saw on this, I was like reading some of the reviews from from when the movie came out, and one of them said that this movie kind of fails because it resembles an actual action movie too much. Which, I mean, I don't. I think it's like way too funny to do that. <laughs> I guess, but like, but if you if you're watching it with the sound down, you would definitely think this is just a normal action movie. I think.
3: Especially with the casting, you know, like Estevez and Sam Jackson, you see them in the lead. You're like, well, this could have just been an action movie from the time. Like they didn't go out of their way to cast like a Ben Stiller or, you know, a Jim Carrey or somebody in the lead. Like, and I think that's another reason that this movie works so well for me is that, you know, for the most part, these two leads are playing it pretty straight and they're capable of playing it straight when they need to. And they just let the jokes be funny rather than try and ham it up the whole time. And, and there are characters in this that are <laughs> hamming it up the whole time. your Shatner's and guys like this, but to have your leads be kind of grounded, I, I think is what you want.
0: Yeah. I think that's the secret to the success of a lot of this run of spoof movies is because Leslie Nielsen plays the naked guns. So fucking straight. Like he just plays them like normal movies and same with hot shots. Like, Charlie Sheen kind of plays those pretty straight. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's the secret. That's what they don't do nowadays. Yeah. And also uh, just the writing sucks and stuff nowadays. But <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I love this movie. It was perhaps the wrong movie to pick this week um, as the main character, Emilio Estevez, is suicidal over the fact that his dog left him. and. Oh, uh, yeah. Didn't even think about that. Yeah, a few days ago, uh, my own little kepi passed from this earth. Uh, So it (laughs) it was. If this movie wasn't so funny, that would have bummed me out. But it actually cheered me up to watch this movie because it's one of the funniest fucking things in the world. So uh, it sounds like you agree that this is a very funny movie and that you like it a lot.
3: I do agree. Um, You know, this is one that I watched a billion times on a t on TV as a kid. I think I also. Even before it hit HBO, I think I probably rented this from the video store just based on the strength of the National Lampoon's brand, which, you know, Mm -hmm. at this point in time, we had not yet learned to be skeptical of. (laughs) Um, But I, I, unlike you, I had not gone back to this for a long time. You know, this is one that I think of every once in a while, and I've probably gotten pretty close to putting this on to watch many times in the past, but just uh, never really got around to it. So I was probably like 15 years old or something the last time I saw this, and I was excited that you picked it. Um, yeah, I think the movie maybe does kind of peak early a little bit. I think my favorite part of this is that opening scene in the convenience store. Um, besides the fact that it's just like a cool-looking kind of action scene with like cool lighting and stuff like this, Uh, There are some very funny gags in there. I like the part where there's a kid walking through the convenience store with like a big gulp that is like four feet tall or something, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. I thought that was fun. Um, There's the joke where Emilio Estevez is like reading through some some magazines at the magazine stand, and then you cut back to him, and he's standing in this giant mountain of those little (laughs) – pieces of paper that would fall out of magazines back in the day that you would use mm-hmm. to like mail in for subscription or, or whatever. Um, and there's just like a mountain of those at his feet. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, yeah, just, a I don't know, like the cast is great. Like you mentioned, I think Tim Curry and drag is perfect in this. I mean, only bugs bunny could have played that role better, I think. And, um, Yeah, there's just tons of like Looney Tunes-esque humor throughout this entire thing. There was a joke I noticed this time that I never noticed before, which is, um, at the factory, uh, towards the end, there's a big explosion. And right before the explosion goes off, there's a sign in the background that just for a split second says, Next accident, one second. (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, it's the kind of thing that I probably could not have seen on my tiny little TV in the 1990s. But now with a, a bigger TV, you can enjoy those kinds of jokes. And and I love it that this movie is full of that kind of silliness. Um, I think this movie honestly has aged pretty well. You know, there's a number of movies from around this time that try to hang in there with that classic group of parody movies like Airplane and, and Naked Gun and for me, this movie actually pulls it off, you know, and compare it to the, the terrible parody movies that they make today. And I mean, it's clear that this is much better, but I think even compare it to what was coming out at that time. And this is one of the best examples of, you know, a classic parody film. It's only 82 minutes long. So it's kind of the perfect Mm -hmm. runtime. And, um, you know, it, it doesn't, it's not the kind of movie that will change the world or anything. And some of the jokes fall flat here and there, but, I was really impressed with the fact that I still enjoyed this as much as I did. I I feel like we have gone back to other comedies from the eighties and nineties that I loved as a kid and then was not impressed as an adult, but this, I don't know. I I still think this is funny, man. I I, I got a a good kick out of this one.
0: Well, I'm glad to hear it. And and yeah, like a lot of the comedy doesn't age well. um, But I think that, yeah, just like, super silliness never goes out of style like because it's it's not um really like dependent on like anything from the time like any like trends from the time or like any um like you don't really have to know really like you can just come into it and i feel like it would still be very like if you showed this to like a 10 year old kid now they would probably laugh at a lot of it like because it's just so silly like it's just like a timeless sort of silliness that that these spoof movies do. I mean even though like and I don't even think you have to know Lethal Weapon. I ne- I actually never saw any of the Lethal Weapon movies until like 5 years ago and I still thought yeah. this was like the funniest shit when I was a kid. So
3: Same thing. I mean I, I when I saw this I had probably never seen a Die Hard or a Lethal Weapon or any of these source materials, you know, but it was still funny to me.
0: Yeah. It's just a a very a very Digestible kind of silliness, like you said, it's Looney Tunes esque. So very fun. But um, but what what about next week? What kind of what kind of stuff are we going to be watching next week, Sean?
3: What kind of stuff? Do you, know, what do you, kind you even stuff? have to ask? I mean, I think <laughs> you know in general what kind of thing.
0: Well, like maybe you'll do like I, I was thinking. Like, if I were to guess what you were going to pick, I would think that maybe you would pick, like, Twin Peaks, The Missing Pieces, since we're going to be wrapping up Twin Peaks soon.
3: I am picking Um, Twin
0: Peaks, The Missing Pieces.
3: Are you really? I am. I can't believe that you (laughs) pulled that, because I had this whole big rigmarole I was going to go through where I was going to try and tease you and confuse you and play games with you. You know, I was going to say, well, right. we got to go back. We got to do this again. We got to complete the journey. I was going to say <laughs> things like this. I was going to be like, well, I've already written it down. I can't change it now, which I have written it down. Uh, Twin Peaks, Firewalk with me, The Missing Pieces. Oh, my goodness.
0: Okay. I, was, I thought that I was going to be fighting a comically uphill battle to try to <laughs> convince you to do this.
3: It was that easy. I guess maybe I should frame this as like, Happy holidays. Uh I, I hope that you have a nice Christmas in the future tense. And this maybe is your Christmas gift, is that you don't have to watch a journey with me in, in December. That's great news.
0: I actually even had a drop lined up for when you said you were going to be watching making us watch a journey to the center of the earth movie. So I now I don't even have to play that drop. Don't even play
3: it. Don't even think about playing it. You could be probably just hey, do pat drop. you got a small wiener? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Hey, pal, you got a small wiener. <laughs> wow, my my drop debut. And what a strong outing for my first appearance in drop form.
0: Mm-hmm. So just keep that in mind. If you ever think about picking any more Journey to the Center of the Earth I movies, mean, what, <laughs> <laughs> what's going to happen?
3: No, I, I, I figured, you know, we've had a great journey so far through this podcast. I mean, just... You know, JF supper in general has been a, a heck of a journey, but uh, all of these Vern tales have been a, a lot of fun. But we can put a pause in it until until next year when we'll definitely resume this in January.
0: <laughs> well, sounds good. Um, I'm eager to to watch these missing pieces. I've been on a a David Lynch kick. I've been watching. A, well, obviously, I've been watching a lot of his stuff for Twin Peaks, but I was watching Rabbits earlier today at work. Uh, I just love the guy.
3: I know you do. Yeah, so this ties in really well with our uh, Bookhouse Boys podcast that we've been doing over on Patreon at patreon.com slash dinner because uh, this upcoming installment of the Bookhouse Boys will be the final episode of season two. Then immediately following that, we can both watch uh, The Missing Pieces. So I I intend to watch Fire Walk With Me first and then watch The Missing Pieces. I think that's how I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. If if you find that you don't have enough time to do that, I guess you could just watch The Missing Pieces, but you'd probably watch both of them is what I would you know, suggest. Yeah, I will definitely be
0: watching both of them. So uh, Nice. Yeah, I guess we'll talk about those. And then I guess we can figure it out if we – I mean, I guess we can talk about Firewalk with Me Baby on the bonus episode or find what figure out something else to do, the bonus episode that's sort of Twin Peaks adjacent. We'll figure that out, I guess, in the next coming weeks.
3: Yeah. We'll figure it out, but it's it's going to be a, a Peaks-centric episode and bonus episode in a couple weeks, because next week will be Kevin Moss,
0: mm-hmm.
3: noted hater of Twin Peaks. So I don't think he's we'll seen able... a
0: single episode.
3: That's because he hates it so much. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So we'll have to take a pause on on the lynch for next week, and also because I know that you're so eager to get back to the, uh, the Siskel and Ebert holiday gift guide
0: oh yeah yeah that's right so yeah so next week we'll be yeah for that bone and bonus next week we'll be talking about the season finale of course okay i all right i got twisted around and turned around but yeah i'm definitely eager to talk about roger ebert he's my favorite film critic i love him you know what i would say to him if i ever saw him
3: what would you say hey pal you got a small wiener <laughs>
0: That's what I would say to that guy He's not. He's actually not my favorite film critic I actually dislike him very much um.
3: And yet you <laughs> You use such a great drop on him A man that, that you don't even like <laughs> Well Alright
0: Well that, that wraps this one up I think So uh, We're going to do all that Twin Peaks stuff In two weeks Like Sean said we're going to talk to Kevin next week in the meantime, you can send us some voicemails, 347 746 junk. That's 347 746 5865. Or go to facebook.com slash junk food dinner and hit the call now button. Or find us in the Discord. Uh, I assume maybe there's a way to call us from the Discord. I don't know. Just ask us. If you're in the s- Discord, you can just ask what the phone number is. We'll give it to you anytime you want to know about it. Uh, go to patreon.com slash junk food dinner. That's where you can get all the bonus episodes. We talk about every episode of Twin Peaks in there. We're talking about other stuff from time to time as well. There's also like three or four years worth of uh, bonus episodes with Kevin. So if you miss Kevin, you go, "Oh my god, this Kevin! I can't. I miss him. I miss him so much." Well, good news. There's tons and tons and tons of Kevin bonus episodes in there for you. Um, go sign up. So. I think that's everything. So until next week, this is Parker for Sean saying thanks for having fun.